Holla at your boy. Should Eric Holla re-sign with the team? And what was his season like from my perspective? And what do his teammates think of him? We have a lot to discuss in today's episode of Locked on Devils. It's day one of the offseason on my end. Buckle up, everybody. It's going to be one hell of a ride. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. It's been a whirlwind the last couple days because this is my first episode during the course of the offseason for the New Jersey Devils. And it feels kind of weird that I'm recording this type of episode in mid-May. And like I told you guys uh, a few days ago, I don't know how I'm going to approach this because uh, usually the past couple of years of me covering the New Jersey Devils, usually I'm more prepared for offseason content because usually the Devils uh, season is over in January or February or things of that nature. But obviously they made the playoffs. They made it to the second round. They lost in five games to the Carolina Hurricanes. And uh, yeah, it, it sucks that they went out that way, but we got plenty of offseason content to cover. And a couple days ago, I did attend the New Jersey Devils' exit interviews, and I got the chance to speak with a lot of players. I didn't speak with Thomas Tatar because he left a little early, and I didn't get the chance to ask Vitek Vancheck a question. But nonetheless, it was a great experience. I loved meeting a lot of fellow Devils personalities from Ryan Ovazinski, James Nichols, Dan Rice, Christy Flannery, Amanda Stein, Mike Moriel, Neil McHale. So a lot of people who have appeared on my show in the past were there as well. So once again, it was a cool experience and I got a lot of sound bites. And that's actually going to help me during the course of these next few weeks of just giving you guys some off-season content because now I could talk about Jesper Bratt's contract situation and I actually have a sound bite from him, also a spicy sound bite from Jack Hughes. Also, we could talk about Timo Meyer. How did he feel like he blended in with the Devils' uh, system? Because that was one of my main questions for him. Because on, on the one hand, we saw his physicality. But on the other hand, we saw the scoring numbers go down from him a little bit. And basically, we could talk about Jack Hughes' overall season. Because uh, the question I asked him and the soundbite he provided, that actually caught a lot of headlines around the NHL world. And we'll talk about that in a future episode. But we're not going to start off with Jack Hughes. We're not going to start off with Nico Heischer. We're not going to start off with Jesper Bratt. We're actually going to start off with Eric Halla. And here's why. Because at the conclusion of Game 5, there was basically a few nasty rumors going around Twitter in regard to Eric Halla because he is a former Carolina Hurricanes. His uh, track history with teams is a little, how would I say, turbulent. So some fans, including the Carolina fans, have turned on him. And basically, people were using the loss at the expense of Eric Halla to make fun of him and say that he is the problem. So a couple tweets that come to mind is that somebody tweeted out saying that Eric Halla became the first player in Stanley Cup playoff history to be eliminated by the same opponent in three consecutive postseasons, 
while playing for three different teams. He got eliminated by the Carolina Hurricanes when he was a part of the National Predators, the Boston Bruins, and now obviously a part of the Devils organization. And I even saw another tweet from a Hurricanes fan basically saying uh, Eric Halla is the problem. So he used Taylor Swift's lyrics to get his point across. He said, it's me, Halla. I'm the problem. It's me. Hi, everybody. Everybody agrees or something like that. I'm not a Swifty guy, so I don't know if those lyrics were accurate. But nonetheless, it got me thinking because I was like, look, Eric Halla did actually have a good year for the New Jersey Devils. And I get that he has somewhat of a track history, and we'll talk about that a little later in the episode. But I think Eric Halla is very vital for the Devils organization. And he even went out and told us that he wants to return to the organization. And I think that speaks volume to his character. I think it speaks volume for him just basically getting his redemption, his second chance. And basically, all the times I've been around Eric Halla, post-game, pre-game, whatever the case might be, it seems like he is beloved within the locker room. And it seems like that he is a good asset to have for the Devils, and I got to give credit where credit is due, Christy Flannery of the Hockey News, when she appeared on my show back in late fall, I believe this was around Thanksgiving time, American Thanksgiving to be clear, um, and she said that she always believed in Eric Halla because Eric Halla does the little things so that way his teammates can thrive, including Jack Hughes, because that's why Eric Halla was always on the top six with Jack Hughes, and a lot of people like myself didn't understand at first, but when Lindy Ruff shed that light, we started to see Eric Halla in a new perspective. So that's where we're going to start off. So in this segment, I'm going to focus on Eric Halla's season in general. Then in the second segment, I got a soundbite from Jack Hughes I want to share with you guys because his words, not mine. He said that he is a big fan of Eric Halla and what he has brought to this organization. And then in the final segment, I'll talk about my thoughts as to whether or not the devil should sign him. So let's talk about Eric Halla's season in general, and we're going to split it up into three parts. So I'm going to talk about his season, his leadership, and his overall impact based on my perspective. So this season for Eric Halla, he appeared in 80 games. He had 14 goals, 27 assists for a grand total of 41 points, and he had a plus minus of plus 13. So uh, when looking at that season in general, I'd say the numbers could, could have been a lot better had he gotten off to a better start because the name of the game for Eric Halla, and he was at the expense of a lot of jokes from Devils fans, was that he was snake bin a lot. He was unlucky because he was missing a lot of uh, wide open opportunities to get his first goal of the season. It took him a while, but once he started to score a, a little bit more consistently, especially towards the end of the year, I think everyone started to see his true impact. And I always say you seal your legacy come playoff time. And I think that's what we need to highlight. So Eric Halla did not have a good round two against the Carolina Hurricanes. In fact, he didn't record a single point, but in the first series against the New York Rangers, he was able to get four goals, two assists for a grand total of six points. So I think where Eric Halla really started to steal the hearts of Devils fans was towards the end of the year. So despite Lindy Ruff coming out in like early January and saying like, look what Eric Halla does for someone like Jack Hughes. Um, I, I think when people started to see just Eric Halla shine in the light by himself, people were like, oh, this is why Eric Halla is on the team. And I always said, your apology to Eric Halla needs to be just as loud as your, as your slander because Eric Halla went on a huge scoring streak towards the end of the year. He was able to become a point-per-game player in like a seven-game stretch. And then that carried over to the postseason because I, I said it in a previous episode that Eric Halla was my second star for the 
first round series against New York Rangers because he stepped up his game big time when it mattered most. So when looking at his season in general, he got off to a slow start, but towards the end of it, that's when he started to pick up. And I think that's actually, I think that speaks volume once again, because it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And it was what I was talking about when Andre Pilat was struggling. I was like, everything can be forgiven what you do during the course of the season, as long as you're able to perform come playoff time. And Eric Hollis stepped up his game. He was one of the reasons why the Devils were able to overcome that 2-0 deficit and beat the Rangers in seven because he stepped up his game. And similar to what a lot of the Devils players were saying when I was asking them about their overall depth, they said that depth is essential. So when Michael McLeod got going in game seven, that really fired them up. So when Eric Halla gets it going, I think that's where people start to just have more confidence in themselves. And you start to see Eric Halla's uh, skills be utilized a little bit more. Now, when looking at his leadership, uh, basically when I speak to Eric Halla, sometimes he can be a little grouchy post game, but he's just telling it how it is. And Basically, me being a former athlete myself, like if you were to ask me five minutes after I lost a game, I'm not going to be the happiest of camper. Now, I just played college baseball. I didn't really go all that far. But at the end of the day, it's like I kind of get it from Eric Collis' perspective. So I never thought of him as a jerk. I never thought of him as a cancer. He just says it how it is, whether it's a win or a loss, whatever the case might be. So I think that translates outside the locker room at practice or behind closed doors, which is he tells the guys how it is. And I think a lot of people, especially the young guys like Jack Hughes, Nico Keisha, he's a young captain himself, and someone like Jesper Bratt, whatever the case might be, this team is full of young guns that have a lot of untapped potential. So you need someone like Eric Halla, similar to Andre Palat, someone who's been in that situation before, to pull them up by the bootstrings and basically say, look, this is how we're going to do it going forward. So I think Eric Halla, based on uh, the small interactions that I've had with him post-game, I'd say it translates outside the locker room, behind closed doors, wherever the case might be, and on the rink in the big game as well, because I think he's talking a lot on the bench. I think he's talking a lot during the course of game action. And I think that, once again, that is very important for a young and upcoming team like the Devils. So Eric Halla, his leadership is shines in that sort of way. And his impact, I think Eric Halla is a Swiss Army knife because he could do a little bit of everything because here's what Eric Halla can do. He can score when he wants to, but he's selfless. He's making sure that Jack Hughes is getting his overall reps because Jack Hughes is obviously the star player. And I, I, I don't know what people expect from Eric Halla from a scoring standpoint, but basically it's the same thing that I talked about when discussing Timo Meyer. It's like, Timo Meyer doesn't need to put up those big offensive numbers because you already got a Jack Hughes. You already got a Nico Heischer. You already got a Jesper Bratt. You don't have to do all those things, but Eric Halla knows how to defend as well. He knows how to do face-offs. He knows how to work the corners. He's not afraid to get his hands dirty. I know he didn't really do much during the course of the second round, but something that I liked from Eric Halla was that he was willing to fight someone. He fought, he fought Nason, the, the former New Jersey Devil. And I think Eric Holland knows how to fire up his teammates in that sort of way. So he's a tough guy. He knows how to score. He's selfless. He knows how to play defense and he knows how to work on special teams as well. So basically he could do a little bit of everything and I don't think he's given enough credit. So if I had to describe Eric Holland, I'd say he's underrated, underappreciated, but he is well utilized on this roster because he could do a little bit of everything. Now, you probably don't want to just hear my perspective on Eric Halla. Before we switch over to the next subject, here's what Eric Halla had to say 
about how he fit in with this roster when I asked him during the course of exit interviews. Early on in, early on in the year, um, a lot of people didn't see your true impact. And but uh, Lindy Ruff said that you uh, were able to assist a lot in Jack Hughes's uh, overall success. And then towards the end of the year, we saw you go on a on a scoring streak. So I want to get your um, your perspective on how the season went from your end and how your skill set was utilized. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't score in the beginning of the year if the net was empty or wasn't empty. Um, goalie pulled doesn't matter. Um, it's an interesting. Um, it was <laughs> it's it's brutal, um, but I can score. I proved it in this league. Um, Jackson, I, you know what? He's a he's he's a great player. He's gonna only get better. Um, if I helped him, that's awesome. I, you know, he doesn't need any help. He, <laughs> I I just had a lot of fun playing with him. Um, you know, on the ice, off the ice. Um, yeah, I have a lot of respect for him. Eric Halla, like I said, he just fits like a glove in this organization. And I picked it up as the year progressed. And like I said, I was similar to a lot of people. I was like, what is Eric Halla doing out there? He should be a healthy scratch. He's not really doing anything. He's missing all these wide open opportunities. But like I said in segment one, I got to give credit where credit is due because Christy Flannery was able to shed that light. Same with Lindy Ruff when he was asked that post game one time because Eric Hala can do those little things to help a team win. Obviously, I think Eric Hala is one of the leaders of the organization, but I don't even think Eric Hala himself realizes how much impact he has on this roster, because here was his answer when I asked him, like, how is he going to use the loss as motivation in order to motivate not only himself, but his teammates during the course of the summer? And here's what he had to say. Yeah, it- it's the same motivation for me as every year. So, you know, I'm going to play as long as I can. I, you know, you guys always get better. So um, I want to get better. Um, and uh, others, I, you know, it's, I can't motivate others. It's, you know, you, you, you do you and, and uh, you work hard and, and you get rewarded. Anything specific you want to work on? Once again, I think it's Eric Halla just being modest and not realizing what he brings to this organization. But if I had to tell him one thing, I think he should realize that his leadership is not being overlooked, at least on my end. And that's also picked up by his teammate, Jack Hughes. So here's what Jack Hughes had to say during his exit interview about Eric Halla and how he is a big fan of what Halla brings to this organization. Check it out. I'm uh... I'm a, I'm a huge Eric Halla fan, you know, he came in and he did a great job for us, you know, providing um, like that leadership and, you know, experience, but, you know, there's a difference between um, being in the locker room and, and being a, a voice and, and then not backing it up. And, you know, he's a guy that's been a gamer for us and pretty much played all the games all year. And, you know, he's fighting, he's scoring, he's, he's penalty killing, he's power played. So he's just a character guy. and. Um, you know, he fit really well in our locker room and, you know, that's a guy we should bring back for sure. So what does this mean? Because Jack Hughes was basically going into great detail about how he loves Eric Halla's game. And when I showed it on social media and it caught traction, 
Somebody said, well, look, that's his teammate. His teammate is not going to trash him in that sort of spotlight. Well, then they really didn't listen to Jack Hughes's full exit interview because he did call somebody out about not signing an extension. But we'll talk about that in a future episode. But here's my perspective, having interacted with Jack Hughes before. Jack Hughes is a guy, like we all know, does not like doing interviews. He's short, simple, and to the point, and he is also very vague. To, to basically give a Shannon Sharp type analysis, Jack Hughes is basically like your crush in high school, which is uh, this person is very popular, very well known, and you try your best to, to, impress, to impress that person. Unfortunately, that person is going to turn you down and just say like, whatever, whatever the case might be, because Jack Hughes has that look in his eye like he'd rather be anywhere else but doing an interview. But digressing a little bit, here's what I saw from Jack Hughes. In this sort of instance, he's not being short, simple, and to the point. And he's also going into great detail as to what Eric Hala brings to the roster. It's similar to what I was talking about in segment one. He brings leadership. He brings determination. He brings grit. He's able to score. He's playing on special teams. He is a Swiss Army knife on this roster, as if the Devils need any more Swiss players uh, in this organization. But once again, getting back to the point, I'm glad that Jack Hughes was not vague in his overall response when talking about Eric Kala in this instance. And I think Jack Hughes said a lot of things that he didn't have to say. He didn't have to say he was a big fan of Eric Kala. He didn't have to say what Eric Kala brought into this organization in great detail. And the main thing is he didn't have to say that the Devils should re-sign him or bring him back. He didn't have to say all that. But Jack Hughes, he knows he's not the GM. He even said it during his interview. But Jack Hughes has enough power within this organization to basically entice a decision he has enough power to basically tell Tom Fitzgerald saying hey this needs to get done right now and I think uh, Jack Hughes is standing up for one of his former line mates because he knows that Eric Holla is important he is in- essential to this roster and he was basically saying Tom Fitzgerald you better re-sign him right now Now, I'm going to make a bit of a take here, and I'm not sure how many of you are going to agree with me or disagree with me, but here it goes. In my opinion, Eric Halla, and no disrespect to Andre Palat, but come next season, Eric Halla should be wearing the A on his sweater. He should be an alternate captain come next year because he meets the criteria. And I'm not saying Andre Palat doesn't, but just hear me out for for Eric Halla because He is the heart and soul of this team, in my eyes. He has brought a lot of energy. He's brought a lot of good to this organization. He's been a leader, and he knows how to uh, play effective minutes out there. And unlike Brendan Smith, which, once again, I'm not trying to disrespect anyone, but Brendan Smith, he's a great leader, but when it comes to his overall play, he's barely out there, and for a good reason. But Eric Halla is playing in most of the games. He played in 80 of the 82 games. So he meets all the criteria to be a captain on this roster, to be an alternate captain, and to wear the A on his sweater. He's a leader. He's beloved amongst his teammates. He is a veteran, so he's been around the block before, and he puts up solid numbers, and his production reflects the outcome of the game. Because remember when Jack Hughes was struggling in like January or February around that time? Eric Halla wasn't initially starting on his line to begin the game. So I'm not saying that Eric Halla is the sole reason to why Jack Hughes was struggling at one point, but I think he does play a vital role, and that's something we cannot overlook at all. 
because Jack Hughes went on a tear late in 2022. And who was always on his line? It was Eric Holla. So I want you guys to remember that because he is selfless. He makes the people around him better. His numbers could be a whole lot higher, but he doesn't have to do that because he knows what it takes to win. He, he knows that he doesn't need to put up these big numbers because there's other players on the roster who can do that. And he sees that. He wants to be with this team. He calls it his family, which we'll talk about in segment three. And Jack Hughes has nothing but good things to say about him. And I always describe Jack Hughes as sort of the franchise player for this organization. And Jack Hughes, like I said, he does have enough power to basically just say to Tom Fitzgerald, like, what I say should go because this team is built around me and my skill set. And if Jack Hughes has that high amount of praise for Eric Halla, I think that really reflects on what Eric Halla has brought to this organization. So that's my take. Eric Halla should be one of the captains come next year. He should be wearing an A on his sweater alongside with Jack Hughes and then Nico Heischer, who wears a C on his sweater. Eric Halla deserves to be amongst one of those leaders for the Devils, and he meets the criteria. And like I said, no disrespect to Andre Pilat. It's not a knock at him. But I think Eric Kala has gone above and beyond this season to be given that leadership role for the Devils organization. Now, we're going to wrap up this episode momentarily, and I'm going to give you some more sound bites by Eric Kala. But before we continue, when I was at the Prudential Center a couple days ago, there was something called McDonald's Gospel Fest. So if there's another event at the Prudential Center that you want to go to since the Devil season is now over, well, let me tell you about this. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LockedOnNHL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LockedOnNHL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute ticket deals, lowest price guaranteed. And now, let me tell you about a product I use literally every day, and that is AG One. So, what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG One. You're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all those things. So its lifestyle is friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything. While still tasting good, supports better sleep quality and recovery, supports mental clarity and alertness. It's one thing that's best with Athletic Greens that use best of best products based on the latest science, Wisconsin product iterations, and third-party testing. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out after your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Okay, so here's the big question. In my opinion, should the New Jersey Devils re-sign Eric Holla? Well, before I answer that question, 
Let's listen to a couple sound bites from Eric himself, because I said early on in the episode that he describes this team as his family. And he said he spoke to Fitzgerald about possibly extending him. So check out what Eric had to say to us during the course of his exit interview. I don't want to play for any other team. I want to come back here and I want to, yeah, I just kind of seems like the right spot for me. And, and uh, you know, this is my family. I don't want to go anywhere. Eric, is that one of those things where, you know, go to your agent right away and, and say like, hey, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I was just in Fitzy's office and I was like, hey, let's get it done. So <laughs> whenever, whenever he gives the call, that'd be great. So hopefully we can do it sooner or later so I can, you know, get my living situation in, uh, in order and uh, make my wife happy. <laughs> Man, Eric Hollow went full Vin Diesel. He was like, this team is my family and I don't anticipate for playing with another team or organization. And I know that some tough decisions are going to be have to be made by Tom Fitzgerald, the general manager. But I think there's room on this roster for Eric Holla because uh, before I, I, I give you guys my thoughts, I just want to give another example. So I'm not sure what, whose YouTube channel I was watching. I think I was I think it's called Running with the Devils or something like that. Basically, uh, when exit meetings were uh, happening, a lot of fans were outside the door, basically waiting for the Devils to come outside, sign autographs, whatever the case might be. And Eric Holla was signing autographs, and he says he anticipates to be back, saying he doesn't want to play for another team. So he's telling the fans that he wants to return to this organization. Now, a lot of people have brought up the fact that Eric Holla has a turbulent history. I talked briefly about it in segment one. There was a rumor saying that he and Rod Brennamore did not get along when he was playing with the Carolina Hurricanes, which led to Eric Holla being traded to the Florida Panthers. I think someone who covers the Boston Bruins said that she also heard uh, some not good things about Eric Holla. And somebody even asked me, do people even want to play with them? Well, here's what I can tell you once again, and I know I'm going to repeat myself. Eric Holla is a joy to be around in the locker room. Whether it's a win or a loss, He's he always makes time to speak with us. And I, sometimes he's not in the best of moods, but who who isn't grouchy after a loss, quite honestly? And the fact that he makes himself available to speak to the media, regardless of any circumstance, really shows much about his character and his leadership. And he just tells it how it is. And yeah, like I said, he could be sarcastic. Sometimes he, he could be a little grouchy, snippy, whatever the case might be, whatever, whatever adjective you want to throw at him. But I think it's justified because he's just trying to be blunt and honest and not mislead anyone. And that includes the media. And I think it translates into the locker room behind closed doors with his teammates. So I don't know what the case is for Eric Hava. I don't know what the true story is that happened in the past about his turbulent history, about him being a cancer in the locker room, saying that he is not a he's no one wants to play with them, whatever the case might be. I don't know. And I don't care because what I know right now is that the New Jersey Devils love Eric Hava. The players love him. Jack Hughes, the franchise player, has his back 100 percent. And basically, here's my thing. Eric Hava said he was a little hesitant about being traded from Boston to New Jersey, he, he wasn't really on board with it at first, but it really grew on him. So my thing for Eric Holla is that he needed a second chance. He needed some sort of redemption and he really needed to go to a place where he felt accepted and where his leadership can, can shine. And I think it, New Jersey was the perfect opportunity for him. And he was, like I said, playing in most of the games. So he was always a part of the devils in, in any which sort of way, whether it was a 13 game win streak, whether it was a playoffs, whether it was trying to, finish off the season strong, whether it was Jack Hughes, Dougie Hamilton, Jesper Brad, Nico Heischer trying to surpass 
NHL records, Devils records, personal records, whatever the case might be, Eric Kala is a part of that. And I don't know what his past is, and I couldn't care less because Eric Kala right now is important for the Devils roster, and he should be one of the alternate captains come next season. It should be him, Jack Hughes, with Nico Heischer wearing the C on his sweater once again. So I, I don't care about his, his past because what I know right now, what I know at this very present moment, what I know during the course of this recording, Eric Kala is committed to the Devils organization. And I, I, like I said, tough decisions are going to have to be made. But I think something could be negotiated for Eric Kala because here's the facts. He's 32 years of age, and I think he still has a few more productive seasons left in him. I think he can give us two to three years of solid production. And quite honestly, I don't think the Devils are far off from possibly going further in the playoffs. Now, will they win the Stanley Cup net come next year? Not really sure. I'm not a psychic. But I think Eric Kala can definitely, within these next two to three years, can definitely be that glue piece for a Devils organization so that way they can take that next step and that way they can reach the Stanley Cup. So that's my thing for, for Eric Kala. I want him to be a part of this, uh, this special unit, and he's the heart and soul of this team. So you need that glue piece. You need that leader. You need that person who could do a little bit of everything, and their production might be slept on a little bit. So I don't know how appreciated Eric Kala was at – with the Boston Bruins or the Florida Panthers or the Carolina Hurricanes, Nashville Predators, wherever team he's played on, because he is appreciated here. Tom Fitzgerald re-signed Eric Kala to a two- to three-year deal. I don't think too many teams are going to be knocking on his door due to his history, so I think he can come at a very cheap price, and I think he's willing to take a pay cut because he knows that Timo Meyer and Jesper Bratt are the top priorities for this Devils organization. So... I think we can anticipate that Damon Searson, Ryan Graves, Mackenzie Blackwood, maybe Tomas Shatar, and we'll talk about all those circumstances in a future episode. I think they might be out the door, and the openings are there. And quite honestly, Jesper Bratt might be forced to take a pay cut, given how poorly he played during the entirety of the playoffs. So I think the openings are there, and I think Eric Holla can re-sign at a cheap deal, and you can still have room to try to negotiate an extension with both Timo Meyer and Jesper Bratt. So that's my thing. Resign Eric Kala. He deserves to be on this roster 100%. So let me know what you guys think about Eric Kala in general. Do you want to see him back on the roster? Do you see him as a cancer? And if you weren't satisfied with his overall production, I don't know what else I can tell you, but leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on podcast streaming service, hit me up on my social media platforms, whether it's the show's Twitter page at Locked On Devils or my personal Twitter page at Trey Matt 4 Here's your guys' thoughts. And like I said, I got a lot of sound bites from uh, the exit interviews. So there's going to be a whole lot of content surrounding some of those sound bites I was able to pick up. But let me know what you guys think. Here's your guys' thoughts. So as for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again. Day one of the offseason, at least on my end, complete. Still many more days to go.